Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Now, today, we're looking at our third candle. Now, of all these candles, we see that one candle is a little bit different, and it's the... No, it's the rose candle. It's the rose candle. Some might call it pink, but no, it's rose. For the more discerning people, we'll know that that's rose. Um, and in the, uh, in the colors that different colors represent, I guess that represents joy. And so we're looking at joy today in particular. So I want to light the joy candle. I should have joy come up and do that. Anyway. <laughs> The joy candle. Now, we're going to look at uh, a passage of Scripture, and we're going to go to the New Testament today, uh, that really demonstrates joy. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign. You will find a a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Now, in this passage, the angels came to the shepherds with good news. Now, they were initially terrified. They were out watching their sheep, minding their own business. And an angel appeared to them, and they were terrified in that moment. But he said, look, I'm coming with good news. Not just news, but I'm coming with good news. And this was the greatest event that was going to happen in history of mankind. This was in a moment that He said, look, this is great news that I'm bringing to you. Everything's going to change. The tide's about to turn for humanity. This is something really exciting. And this news will, will, will cause joy. But actually, we have a descriptive word here. Not just joy, but what? Great joy. Have you noticed over the weeks that when we look at Jesus and the influence he has upon this world and upon our lives, there's always descriptive words to the, to the words we're looking at. This is not just joy, but great joy. I mean, it's magnificent joy. It's amazing joy. This is huge joy that we're going to receive. Not only was this going to bring joy, but it's going to bring the greatest joy. Why? The angel said, well, because a Savior has been born. Now, this Savior being born is the game changer. And uh, we're going to look at why... Jesus coming to this world is so much joy for us today, 2,000 years later. And I, I believe as we look at it, I hope today that there will be joy in our hearts. Sometimes I think we can allow the circumstances around us to influence our inner man. But who Jesus is and what he has done and what he's accomplished and what he continues to do in our lives has not changed. And so I think when we find this element of joy, the joy that we see in Jesus does not change 
no matter what's going on in the world around us. And this is why. One is that the Savior is the great liberator. Uh, I don't know about you. Some of you might have experienced this in your own lives at some point. Um, but I remember uh, watching documentaries, because, uh, of course, I wasn't there, but seeing uh, the liberators or the Allied forces entering into occupied territory in World War II. I don't know if you've seen these kind of documentaries. And the, the people who were under oppression uh, by the Nazi Germany at the time, when the, the forces came in and liberated towns and villages, there was great joy because their saviors had come. The fact that they were there was changing the circumstances. They weren't alone anymore. They weren't trying to fight their own battles that they couldn't, they couldn't win. But now there were forces, outside forces, stepping into their world, liberating them. You see, Jesus came as the Savior. What were we being saved from? The fact is that we were in the same condition, but in a spiritual sense, that Europe was under with Germany at the time. You see, an enemy has come into our lives, into our circumstances. Sin had taken hold, and no matter how much we try to set, get ourselves free from it, no matter how hard we try to come back to God, we could not overcome it. And so we needed a Savior. We needed someone to come into our world to break the power of sin and take back the authority the enemy had, that we had relinquished to the enemy through the time of Adam. Now, John says in uh, 8... Verse 36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You see, when we are looking to Jesus coming as the great Savior, see, that's what the angels saw. They saw what was about to happen. This good news was, the fact is that you are going to have this baby who was born lying in a manger. This baby is going to set you free. You see, that was good news. Wasn't that great? I mean, it's like, you should have great joy, guys. Shepherds, you should have this amazing joy because you're about to be set free. This baby is no other, just no ordinary baby. This baby is the great liberator of mankind. Walking and helping us into a place of freedom. It's a reason to celebrate. It's a reason to have great joy. Psalm 51.12 speaks of the joy of our salvation. You see, when we are saved, and when we understand we're saved, there's joy because we're set free. You see, Jesus brings joy. Nothing has a hold on our lives. Jesus has set us free from it all. He came to set the captives free. Right? He is the great liberator. And so this morning, I don't care how you've come into this place this morning. I don't know kind of how difficult the, the circumstances are that we're living right now. We have a reason to have great joy. Okay. We have a reason to have great joy. Amen. Amen. That's right. We have a liberator who's come and he's come to set us free. And he who sets it, he's set free is free indeed. And so we have a reason to have great joy. But our Savior has not only come to labor, liberate us, but he's also come to be the great restorer. So he comes to set free, but then in that position of, uh, of setting us free, we're not just then left to our own devices, but he comes and he restores lives that have been ransacked by the effects of this world, by bad decisions, by sin, by destructive habits, by relationships that have gone wrong. Our Savior steps in, He liberates us, but then He 
brings us to a place of renewal and chains. He, he cuts this yoke of slavery. Now, there's some promises we see in Scripture about the great restorer, Jesus, our Savior. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Again, he steps into our world, our individual world, our lives. He sets us free, but not only does he set us free, but he brings something new. Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Do you know what is amazing about God? is He liberates us, but then He takes all the mistakes and all the bad things we've ever done and all the, the, the destruction that we look in our past, and somehow, by His grace, He turns it for good. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of lies that have been completely messed up. And yet God somehow, by His amazing mercy and grace, steps up, steps in, and restores. And He turns that bad, and he turns it for good that will bless other people and encourage other people and help other people walk into that place of freedom and grace. You see, we have a great restore. And then when we look at the end of the Bible, the end of the story, Revelation 21, 5 says, I am making everything new. Again, when we look at, uh, again, using the analogy of World War II, when you look at Europe after what had happened in the war-torn areas and the areas that had been bombed and destroyed. And you go there today and you don't really see that anymore, do you? Because it's been restored. You see, God does that in our lives as well. He comes in and, and that which the enemies destroy. He said, look, I'm making something new and beautiful. And in fact, in the fullness of time, I'm going to make all things new. I'm going to create life in the place of death. This is what the Savior has done within us. He transforms us. He renews us. He makes good out of bad. Isn't that something to be rejoicing this morning? We have a God who's able to step into our lives and take all that the enemy has purposed for evil and turn it for good. We have a Savior that is born to us, and that is something of great news. It's something that is, is, will cause great joy when we understand the significance of what Jesus can do in us when we allow Him to. He liberates us. The good news, this great joy, no matter who we are or what we've done, He comes to liberate us. He comes to restore us. Wow. We have a Savior. You have a Savior who has come for you. Again, last week we look at because of His love for you, He's come to save you. The week before, we have a hope because of all of this. But then, not only does He liberate us and restore us, but He's also the great uniter. This greatest joy, the Bible says, is for all people. For all people. Jesus didn't just come to save one group of people only, did He? We see that clearly in Scripture. It wasn't just for the Jews that he came. It wasn't just for Israel he came. But he came for the Jews and the Gentiles. He, he destroyed the, the, the barrier between all people groups. And 
the, the, the Savior coming into the world is actually for everyone. It's for us today. He didn't just come for a select group. He came for every man, woman, and child. You know, it doesn't matter our race. doesn't matter the color of our skin. doesn't matter our financial position. doesn't matter our family background. It doesn't matter about you. It all matters about Him because He came for all people. He came as a great uniter. It doesn't matter. We look at the exterior, but God looks at who you are. And he calls each one of us to be united with him. He's a great uniter. You see, it isn't just saving us from something. He didn't just save us from sin and death, but he saved us to something, which is being united with him in a relationship. To know him, to understand his presence, to be one with him. Again, I think this is an amazing understanding that we can know the God who created us personally. He's given us his spirit so we can understand his thoughts, his heart. We can have a oneness relationship with him. Our Savior came to unite us, to be part of his family. Again, I think in this world, it can be very isolating, can't it? We've lived through two years of periods of isolation. But can I just say that in Christ Jesus, we are never isolated from the Father. We are always connected to Him. We're always at one with Him. He has united us. And He's given us His Spirit as a seal to, to know that we are His, the Bible says. To understand that we are part of His family. We're connected. We're also part of His family with each other. Jesus said, look, I pray that they would be one as we are one. The fact is actually that Christ is the great uniter that unites us also together with one another. And that causes great joy because we're not alone. He's given us a family to dwell within called the church. And that's something that should cause great joy. That's just keeping you focused. Great joy. We're united with Christ, our Savior. And this is good news. Again, I, I think sometimes Christmas dumbs down the greatness of the moment. We dumb it down to a level where it's so insignificant. It's all about a setting, a feeling. When this is the greatest game changer our lives will ever encounter. You see, Christ came for you. He came as the Savior for you. He came that you would be set free, that your life would be restored, that you would be united with Him, but also united with a family around you. You see, He came. And that is something that will be cause great joy for all people, the Bible says. We just read it. That's what the angel said. It will cause great joy for all people. Are we some of those people that it causes great joy for? Can I just say again, no matter what happens in our world, we have a reason to have great joy. And I think as Christians, if we go into this Christmas down in the mouth, a little bit agitated, and we miss sight of our Savior coming for us, dying on that cross for our sins, 
that we could have life everlasting in Him. We've missed the point. I don't care about the turkey and the, the family celebration so much as the fact that we have a God who loves me and loves us and cares for us and wants our lives to be all He calls and created them to be. You see, that's the greatest good news ever. And that is the reason for our joy. Christians should not be, especially this time of year, grumpy, <laughs> agitated, because we got hope, love, joy in who Jesus is. We can experience today, today, his liberation from the old. Today, we can experience it. It's not, this is not, we're not just looking at a historical fact. We're looking at something that's alive today, that's moving today. God is moving today. We can experience his liberation from the old today. But we also can receive the, the, the restoration to the new today. You see, in that transformation of us turning our lives to Him, the old is gone, the new comes. The Bible talks about being born again. Something comes alive in our spirits when we give our lives to Him, and it happens in a moment. We can know the unifying work of His Spirit, being one with Christ, knowing Him personally. Again, final passage in Revelations 3.20, Jesus speaking really to the church, but I believe it's applicable to all of our lives. He said, look, I stand at the door and I knock. You know, my last time I'll draw from this illustration, it's like the allied forces knocking at the door of a country in Europe and saying, do you mind if we come in and set you free? They didn't do that. They just advanced. But the fact is, that's what God does with our lives, doesn't he? So look, I've come to set you free. I've come to restore you. I've come to unite you with your creator. But I'm standing at the door, and I'm, a, I'm waiting for you to allow me to do that. And we just have that option of saying, actually, I'm quite happy to live in bondage, fear, anxiety, depression. I'm quite happy to live alone, isolated, destined for an eternity without the Lord. I, I, I'm happy, or life everlasting, abundant life, knowing his love and his grace and his goodness, his restoration power. I mean, I think, what is the option, really? Yet so many people have a hard time letting go and allowing Jesus in. It seems like a no-brainer to me. And certainly in my experience with him, it's so obvious what he will do when we just give him an opportunity. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.